type of waiting that God uses to reshape us in His image. Uh, And in this type of, of holy waiting, what God does to us in the process is just as important as what we're waiting for. And this is what we see uh, when Jesus' disciples begin to uh, learn in the story of the Ascension, uh, where we see Jesus instructing them to return to Jerusalem and wait. Uh, In addition to being Mother's Day, uh, today is Ascension Sunday, uh, which is observed uh, the, the Sunday after Ascension Day. Uh, Ascension Day is, is celebrated on the 40th day after Easter uh, because the resurrected Jesus was with the disciples for 40 days uh, before his ascension. Uh, but since that usually falls on a Thursday, uh, most churches celebrate the ascension on the following Sunday, which is today. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about the ascension story in the book of Acts, uh, which is full of tensions that I believe can instruct us and how to engage in this kind of holy waiting uh, that we are talking about. Uh, So this time I invite you to open up your Bibles to to Acts chapter 1. If you have your Bibles with you, Uh, if you don't, you can use one of the Bibles in your pew in front of you. Um, And if you don't have a Bible, that is our gift to you. Uh, Feel free to take that home uh, with you today. Uh, So let's open up our Bibles and, and we'll walk through this story together. Uh, so the, the book of Acts is, is kind of like the second volume of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, so both are written by the same author, which is Luke, uh, and they're both addressed to the same person, which we see is Theophilus, uh, which means lover of God. Uh, and our story opens uh, with Jesus promising the Holy Spirit to his disciples, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then comes the tension. And the first tension we're faced with uh, is the tension between the, the already and the not yet. Uh, between what has already happened and what has, has not yet been fulfilled. Verses 6 through 8. Then Jesus' disciples gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father is set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples uh, claimed Jesus as the Messiah, or the promised king, who would come and restore the the kingdom to Israel. Uh, Jerusalem was under Roman occupation at the time, so the expectation was that the Messiah would be a king who would take Jerusalem back by military force and establish an earthly kingdom. Um, Now, you might think that after all the disciples had seen and heard from Jesus, they may have started to rethink what the role of the Messiah might be. But we find here that hadn't happened. They think that Jesus is still going to live up to everybody else's expectations. 
Because they ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Has the time come for you to display your true power? They were ready to get this show on the road, right? They thought that Jesus had had risen from the dead to knock some Roman heads together. But you know, I I think it's, it's strangely comforting to read that after all the time Jesus' disciples had spent with him, after hearing everything he had to say and witnessing everything he had done, they still didn't get it. Because oftentimes, I don't feel like I get it either. Jesus' disciples wanted to to see prophecies fulfilled now. And and they had a a picture in their minds of, of how that would look. But of course, Jesus had something entirely different in mind for their future. Instead of fulfilling all the prophecies all at once, Jesus returned to the Father and told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. And as they waited, Jesus would send them the promised Holy Spirit who would shape and form them in ways that they could not even imagine at the time who would show them that that God's kingdom had come and and would continue to come in unexpected ways as the journey unfolded before them. But when we look at the world today, it can sometimes be discouraging. Over 2,000 years has passed since Jesus ascended to the Father, and we are still waiting for His return. Well, I guess close to 2,000 years. But we're kind of in between the times, so to speak. It's it's true that, that Jesus has ushered in the reign of God's kingdom through his life and death, and the gates of hell will not prevail over that kingdom. If if you've given your heart to Jesus and, and received the Holy Spirit, you are a citizen of that kingdom, but it has not come in its fullness. So that kind of leaves us in, in the messy middle in the time being. You know, we know our final destination, but we're not there yet. In the meantime, we still have to deal with with pain and hardship and suffering and brokenness. And at times it can seem as if this world is about to get the best of us. Amen? But our hope is found in the fact that, that for those of us who have received God's Spirit, God's promised new creation has already begun. And if you've experienced the power of the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. The old has gone and the new has come, right? Your old life of sin you put behind you and you have turned 180 degrees and faced towards Jesus and said, Jesus, make me more like you. And Jesus has begun that work in your heart of reshaping you, of recreating you. And if if you haven't done that, I want you to talk to me after service today and I'll let you know uh, how that can happen. But as Christians, our hope, right, or, or one of the most transformative things about coming to faith in Christ is that it gives us a hope beyond this life. We know that, that this world is oftentimes full of, of brokenness and pain, but that's not all there is. So when we get impatient with the ways of this world, we can hang our hats on that hope of God's coming kingdom. Which leads us to the second tension in this story, which is the tension between ascent and descent, or the hope that Christ will come again. Verse 9, after Jesus said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. 
So Jesus' disciples witness this miraculous, amazing event where Jesus is taken up, body and spirit, to be seated at the right hand of God the Father until He returns. Now I can imagine at the time this, this must have been confusing for the poor disciples of Jesus. I mean, sure, He had given them instructions to return to Jerusalem and wait for the promised Holy Spirit, but they had no idea what that meant at the time. In the moment, I, I have to imagine, it felt like Jesus kind of left them hanging. But little did they know at the time, Jesus never actually left them. He may have left them in, in body, but mere, in mere days, He would dwell in their hearts at all times through the presence of the Holy Spirit. On Pentecost, Jesus' disciples would find out that not only had Jesus never left them, but that He was still living and active in the world as they became His instruments of transformation who would be His witnesses, as He said, starting in Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and finally to the ends of the earth. And it's because of the Spirit's work that we find ourselves here today. We are the ends of the earth that Jesus was talking about. The fact is, we, we wouldn't be sitting here this morning if it weren't for the disciples returning to Jerusalem to wait for the promised Holy Spirit and the many faithful servants of Christ who followed them in waiting upon Christ's return. Which brings us to our third tension this story presents us with. The tension between waiting and participating. This Mother's Day, uh, while we, we celebrate and honor mothers and all they are to us, uh, for some, Mother's Day is, is one of the hardest days of the year. There are some in our midst this morning who know the, the pain of losing a child. Others know the pain of losing a mother. Still others know the pain of wanting a child but struggling with infertility. Instead of bringing happiness, Mother's Day may bring pain and grief for some. One of my good friends and his wife uh, know this pain uh, as they struggle to, to have children for several years. Uh, and it was a very difficult time for them because they, they wanted a child really bad, uh, but they just couldn't get pregnant. Um, and uh, as, as they struggled through that season together, uh, God used their prayerful waiting to reveal to them that it was His will that, that they adopt a child. Uh, so this Mother's Day will be uh, their first as parents of a beautiful baby girl uh, who they adopted two months ago. But they may have never realized God's plan for their lives had He not led them through that season of hardship and waiting. And I think what we can learn from their story is that through prayerful waiting, God produces perseverance in the hearts of His people. And that's part of what we're up to every Sunday, right? Continually keeping Jesus' story in front of us and faithfully waiting in hope for His return. But faithfully waiting doesn't just look like sitting around, as we see in verses 10 through 11 of our passage for this morning, which says, they, they were looking up intently into the sky as Jesus was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? 
The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So as Jesus' disciples were standing there marveling at, at what they had just seen, God sent some messengers to kind of pull them back to reality. And they said, in essence, what are you sitting around looking up at the sky for? Jesus is coming back and there is work to be done. Remember Jesus' commission in verse 8, You will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, that means to the Jews, to Samaria, which means to the Gentiles, and to the ends of the earth. You see, it's easy to slip into thinking that we're, we're paid up, prayed up, and ready to go, and now all we got to do is kind of sit around and wait for Jesus to come back. But that's not how it works. right? As the disciples waited for Jesus' return, there was work to be done, a gospel to be shared. But first they had to, to wait for the promised Holy Spirit who would enable them to do that work. They couldn't do it apart from God's Spirit. I think one of the main things that we can learn from this story is that the kind of waiting that Jesus called his disciples to and that he calls us to is a faithful, active participation in his will as we wait upon his return. Just as my friend's faithfulness in waiting and prayer opened them to God's will for their lives, God wants to do the same for each of us, no matter what situation we're facing. So I guess my question for, for you all this morning is, what are you waiting for in your own life? We're all waiting for something. But how might God be using that season of waiting to shape you and to form you in His image? Today, are, are we willing to be a, a perseverant people who faithfully wait upon the Lord in the tensions of life, between the already and the not yet, between ascent and descent, between waiting and participating? As I close, I'd like to leave you with this quote from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of these confused disciples on the day of your ascension who didn't know quite what was going on, quite what to expect. The only thing they knew was that they were supposed to go back to Jerusalem and wait. And oftentimes, Lord, we confess that it's not easy to see the path that you have laid before us. And the only thing we know to do is just wait upon you. So I just pray for anyone here this morning who might be kind of in that season of waiting, who might feel like they're in a, a holding pattern. Um, Lord, would they just be encouraged by this story? Lord, to, to know that you can form us through those holy seasons of waiting. That you can use those seasons of waiting to, to make us into 
your people, to recreate us in your image. So Lord, if, if anyone in here this morning is just in that season of waiting, would you just open their eyes to the fact, Lord, that not only are you present with them, but that you are at work in their lives. And just show them what you would have for them just today. Just what that next step is to put one foot in front of the other. And in that, waiting and participating, may they experience your grace. So I pray all this in the strong name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.